Welcome to Video Marketing Secrets, Simple Strategies for Outrageous ROI, a podcast by The Draw Shop. Here, you will learn the most creative and cutting-edge video marketing strategies to help you attract, nurture, and convert your ideal customers throughout your entire sales funnel. I'm your host, Summer Felix Mulder. Please join me for this newest episode. Tyler, I'm so, so grateful that you're here. So excited. The audience is pretty lucky right now because of all that that I know you're going to share. Before we dive into all the juicy questions, I love to hear from my guests, what's your history been with video marketing? Like, How'd you get to be doing what you're doing today? Yeah. I mean, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, thanks everybody for listening and watching. It's actually pretty interesting. I've been here at Vidyard for, I think it's just over eight years now to date myself. Uh, prior to Vidyard, I was at I was at BlackBerry. I was at some other tech companies, but I had no real exposure, no real experience in the world of video. When I joined Vidyard, it was about 2014, and they were starting to see this rising use of video in businesses, not just B2C businesses, not just big companies, but others starting to use video as a way to tell their stories, to use it as part of their marketing programs. And I really bought into the vision. I, I could feel it happening in the marketplace of the greater use of video. And they had some really phenomenal tools that were built to help businesses take advantage of that. So I joined with no video experience. I had never produced a video of my own. I don't think I'd ever posted a video of my own. But over the last eight years, that's been my life. Yeah. I've been working with companies of all shapes and sizes, on marketing teams, sales teams, internal communication teams, on video strategy and how they're using video content to really move the needle on their business. And it has been fascinating. And I wouldn't rather be anywhere else in the market right now. So what have you... That's so awesome. And I love that you're like, I hadn't even done this and you're just thrown into it. What did you... I mean, what have you learned in terms of why it is so effective, especially in in B2B? And I'm speaking to that specifically because a lot of our listeners are working B2B. Yeah. And that's the area I spend most of my time in is B2B organizations. Using video, not necessarily as a advertising or a brand tool, but more so as a tool to educate their audiences, to create connections with remote audiences where honestly video has become the face and personality of their brands, particularly as we continue down this acceleration to a digital only world. Video really is that one opportunity that uh, we have to create those emotional connections with our audiences, to really be memorable with them and ultimately help them truly understand what we do without always relying on one-to-one sales conversations. So it's been a really fascinating to see that happen. And I actually had the chance about a year and a half ago to release my first book. I'll hold it up here for the viewing audience called The Visual Sale. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is awesome. Thank you. Pretty much everything I'm going to say here is somewhere packed into the book because we really explored the use of video throughout the entire customer journey from beginning of marketing right through to the end of sales. And one of the things I talk about in it to answer your question on why does video really work, I have this framework that I call the four E's of video. So it's four words that start with the letter E that all really emphasize what makes video unique over other forms of content. The first E is educational based on all sorts of psychology factors way our brains process visual and audible information, it's easier to retain, it's easier to understand. 
And so we can pack more educational information into a two-minute video than if somebody were reading for even 10 minutes. So video is a more educational content medium. And so that's where a lot of companies use it. It's a more emotional content medium because it gives us the ability to tell stories, to make people laugh, to make them smile, to scare them, if that's what we want to do. But it is the best way to invoke an emotional response. It is the most engaging content format because of our ability to draw people into stories, again, to pair up visuals and narrative and storytelling. And finally, it gives us the ability to create greater empathy with our audience. And by that, I mean a more human, transparent, authentic connection. Because you don't really know when you read written content or see images, like, who are these people that are, right. that are really saying this? You're having to come up with it yourself, your imagination. You do. And often it's a letdown when you meet the real people, (laughs) build them up in your mind. But with video, we can be so transparent. We can be so authentic and real and create those empathetic bonds. So those are my four E's, educational, engaging, emotional, and empathetic. And if you can lean into those and everybody's probably nodding, they're like, of course, those things happen with video. Then you say, well, why don't you do more video then? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Which we're going to get into too, because I know that it's a big, it's a barrier for some people because it's just scary of, of where do I start? I'm really excited about your book. Don't worry, listeners. We always, always, whenever something's mentioned, we will have it in the show notes and tell you where you can get that. But I know that you have so much genius on what I'm about to ask you, but you mentioned it earlier in terms of sales. And let's face it, in businesses, people are like, well, okay, if this is going to help me with my sales, is how can I use video so that when I get to the point where I'm talking to somebody on the phone, that they're ready to buy, like they're they're educated. They feel they have that engagement. They feel that you have the empathy and understanding of where they're at and the solution. So how, what are some of the best ways to use video throughout the buyer's journey? Yeah. I mean, that's one of its like real powers at the end of the day is to what it comes down to is making it easier, faster, more effective for your sales team to sell because all the things you've already done to build the interest to answer their questions and to create that demand through great content, which of course includes great video. So we see video being used certainly in the, what we'd call sort of the early stage awareness or top of funnel, more and more video content being used on social media channels, right? Short form videos to get ideas out into the market, to answer questions, to pique curiosity. We're seeing brands B2B and B2C, but particularly B2B doing educational thought leadership, even episodic series content on their YouTube channels and also on their main websites. And those are great ways to get your message out more broadly, to build that rapport and familiarity, but to start to pique people's interest and even answer some of the high-level questions that you think that they may have. And then as you move further into the funnel, video is just perfect for clearly explaining what it is that you do, for helping people understand how certain capabilities might work, sharing stories, of course, of successful customers through great customer stories. Don't call it a case study, call it a customer story and bring it to life in video. Amazing. I'm going to take that tip right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Take a case study out of your vernacular. Nobody cares about a case study. Everybody's got 80%, 90% stats. Tell stories about your customers and relate to it, right? These are all things we can be doing today. Yeah, right there. That's super powerful right there. I love that. So what are ways that you've seen, especially with Vidyard, like in the whole sales journey that you've seen specifically, wow, that was a game changer in whether it's shortening the sales process or getting people who might not have taken certain action to take that action? 
What are some things you've seen? This is the stuff I love to hear. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> of course, I'm sure. We have the opportunity to really invest in video and, and do a lot. But sometimes I'd like to step back and really think about what are the things that have actually been closest to revenue, like closest to the sales process that have had a meaningful impact. And a lot of us as marketers, we think a lot about building awareness with video and content and leads and things like that. But some of the most impactful content are things that we've built for further down in the customer journey. Things that are actually more designed to help our sales team through the sales process than they are necessarily to attract more leads at the top. So for example, a number of years ago, I created a series called Vidyard Chalk Talks. And these were really simple to create. We had a small video studio in our office, but we bought a chalkboard, some chalk. That was our budget right there. It was about $400. And we set up the chalkboard and each different episode, we dove into a really meaningful topic for our audience, but we used the chalkboard or you could do a whiteboard or something like that to visually represent the information and give something to help with retention and comprehension. And so I did a chalk talk on YouTube versus video hosting platforms, right? A question that a lot of our audience asks, like why should you use video instead of YouTube? Everything you need to know about video analytics, right? And so again, talk about all the different things that you might, and so on. So we created this series of these great videos that are also things we probably covered in the blog in written form, but bringing them to life in video format allowed us to do all those four E's, right? To make it actually more educational, to make it more engaging, to make people laugh sometimes because I pop in a little dad joke here or there. And to also like be like, hey, this is really Tyler from Vidyard teaching you these things. And um, like that series, which cost almost nothing to produce, it was really just our time. It's still used today. I think I made that over six years ago. And I actually had a sales rep, literally it's top of mind earlier this week, send me a note saying, one of my customers loved your chalk talk on XYZ. Thanks so much. And I'm like, I love that. I almost forgot I made those. I was 20 pounds lighter when I look back at it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the gifts that keep on giving because of the ability to just really answer those questions we know people are asking. And the sales team uses them all the time to help educate customers. Yeah, it's so true. If you have this library of topics that can really be just short snippets, it can be less than two minutes that you're just talking about something. And sometimes you do with sales or a client, they have specific questions or a specific objection. If you can just pop that over to them and have that answered, it's really powerful. Those are some of the ways that I've seen it. How can you answer a lot of those things that frequently come up before they're even on the call with you is awesome. And then even after, as you're nurturing them. Yeah. And then there's ways to do this in a way that is not only really helpful for your team. And a lot of those assets can be used in marketing and other channels. And and there's lots of different ways to leverage them but they also can help to create some great long-term efficiencies for you. Because again, now we have reps who are spending less time on live calls, answering those questions they typically get, and more time sending those videos to prospects and allowing them to self-serve and self-learn on their own time. So that becomes a really helpful tool. Similar to that, another topic we discuss in the book is called the 80% video, which is the idea of creating a video that is designed to answer the most common questions your reps get on their early calls with customers. The reason it's called the 80% video is if you ask a salesperson, all the questions you get from customers, how many of them do you answer over and over again? Like 80% of them. Like Mm -hmm. These are the top six questions I get from every customer. And then you go, great. 
let's take those six questions and let's make a video that answers them. Like clearly using visuals, add in some nice little small effects to make it punchy and interesting and use that as part of your sales process. Send it to them. We call it assignment selling. Send the customer an assignment before your call and say, hey, we're going to make much better use of our time if you could just spend 10 minutes watching this video. And I promise you it's going to save us an hour if you just watch it for 10 minutes. Then we can take the time on our call to really dive into what we want to. So there's all these little things that we often don't think about doing, but can have a really big long-term impact on both the effectiveness and efficiency of our customer journey. Yeah, absolutely. I can say firsthand we do that and it's a game changer doing that. Plus, it's just, it, like you said, it further um, engages them into who your brand is because they're hearing that voice and the way that you address these things. And it's, I think it adds more trust too when you're, the more that you can give that way. Because even if it is answering objections, you're also still educating at the same time. And hey, I know that you probably have these questions. So let me share with you. And for me, I'm always, I'm definitely more connected to a brand when they give that information or videos like that in between the, am I going to talk to somebody on this team? And then I get a video like that. And sometimes it's a, that person that you're going to talk to who it's them. And then it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that. So what is the approach at Vidyard for helping businesses grow with video? What's, what are some like key things that you do that really moves the needle for them? Well, I think what's really interesting, and I'll answer in this more in the way of what people should be thinking about as they invest in a video strategy. And many of these are things that we do with clients. But first and foremost is, do you have the technology you need to make video just a part of how you do business, frankly, Mm -hmm. right? And what I mean by that is when you have a video asset created, does it feel like a big burden to like, where am I going to host it? Or or how am I going to publish it or do these, right? And There are different people across your teams that can just upload a video and publish it like they could other forms of content. And so first and foremost is, can you break down those barriers and make sure you've got tools that make it easy for you? Upload videos, publish them where they need to be, and be confident that they're going to represent your brand well. Because YouTube is a great destination site, and a lot of your video content should be on your YouTube channel. It's a great place for people to discover it and so on. It's a free channel to leverage. But embedding the YouTube video on your own website isn't the best experience for either you nor your website visitors. And so do you have the tools to make it easy to get them on your own site, to customize the experience, to make sure they're not going to get distracted with cat videos at the end of yours, and so on? That is so true. <laughs> so that, that that's one small piece. And then as you are publishing your videos for different use cases... Are you able to track and use the data that Mm. you're really looking for out of that content? It's one of the big areas we focused on early on was analytics, because we recognize, especially in B2B, a lot of the video content they were creating wasn't just for views and likes, right? They Mm -hmm. weren't just for reach. They were actually for educating and being a part of the sales process. And a lot of B2B companies, what they'll do is with other forms of content, say, for example, a guide or a white paper or a PDF of some sort, they'll put that up on their website and they'll put a form in front of it so they can track who downloaded it. And they're going to use that as a way to send a lead over to their sales team. Say, hey, this person downloaded this white paper. They're probably interesting. And the problem when you think about, well, what if I tell this story in a video? You say, oh, 
how am I going to know like who's engaging with this? I can't use it in that way. So that was a big problem we started to solve as well was thinking about how can you make sure you can identify who's watching your videos and get that data back into your marketing and sales tools so that you know that, hey, Summer came to our website and she did download this PDF. She went to these three pages and then she watched these four videos. And this one, she watched all the way to the end. And this one, she watched 80% of the way through. And these two, she dropped off after 10 seconds. So starting to unlock the value of that data as a way to help you understand the behaviors of your possible customers. So that's a really interesting one that some of our customers take advantage of, some don't. But as you do more and more with video, it is something you want to be mindful of. Am I giving the experience that represents my brand? Am I leveraging and even getting the data that I need to help with my marketing and sales process? And ultimately, can I report back on that to know what's working and what's not? So those are some of the things people need to think about. And, And yeah, we work with customers all the time on those ideas. I love that. I mean, as with any parts of your business, understanding those metrics and what's working, what to expand on, what to, maybe we shouldn't put so much effort in that is always, I mean, there's that whole saying, right? That which is measured can grow. I'm not saying it the right way, but <laughs> but it, that is it. When the clear picture that you have, but that's awesome because I, I do think that so many times people just put something out there and they're not really looking at how long is somebody sticking on? What's the part that they dropped off? Which of the content that we're putting out do people seem to really stick to the end and actually take action? Are they downloading the thing or the taking that call to action that we ask them to take? But it's so important. You can't just, I mean, you can, you can throw it out there and hope for the best, but (laughs) why not? If you have access to measure it, why not? And then capitalize on those items. Yeah, I have another letter-based acronym for you. So I've got my four E's of what makes video so effective. And I also have my three R's of um, measurement and analytics for video. And the three R's are reach, resonance, and return or ROI. Reach is with a lot of your videos, you absolutely want to measure the reach, right? As it getting a lot of views. But the reality is reach is usually a function of how well you promoted that video as opposed to the actual video itself, right? You can put out a piece of garbage, promote the heck out of it and get 10,000 views, but that's not necessarily going to help. But it is good to know how frequently it's getting viewed. So reach is good to understand. Resonance is what you were referring to in terms of engagement. So are people who are clicking through, how long are they watching? How long, when are they dropping off on average? Are we seeing 30% of people stay to the end or are we seeing 80% of people stay until the end, right? That's a measure of resonance is the actual piece of content holding people's attention and garnering that interest. You want to aim for high resonance and you need the tools to be able to track that as well because that's going to inform your content strategy. You're going to find out some videos that aren't working, some that are. You're going to find points where people are dropping off and you're going to learn from that, right? You're either going to make shorter videos or you're going to know, hey, maybe at this point we shouldn't be going into a total promotional ad point or whatever it happens to be. So that's a really important one. And then return or ROI is the, well, what was the end goal with this video? Was it to convert people from this to that? Was it to help us generate more leads? Did it help to influence pipeline or revenue, right? Those are all ROI metrics that most people don't track today with their video content, but the savvier ones do. And as you invest more in it, you definitely want to think about that to know where to place your bets as you go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. And just in talking about all of that, an analogy of that is if you've got, say, 10,000 people coming to your website a day, if nobody's 
taking action, then it's you're doing something on the front end that's getting their attention. But if it's not, like you said, resonating and it's not then delivering on what that promise was, when you click here, this is what you're going to receive, then obviously you're not going to see that ROI. They all work together. Yeah. So important to know those things. So let's, speaking of which, let's talk about what are some key things or some pieces of advice that you have to get people to click and watch the video, whether it's in an email, click instead of just click here and watch this video. What are some things that we can actually get them to watch that video? And then of course, resonate. Like talking about those three things, what can we do to make sure that whole circle comes together so at the end of the day, they're taking that call to action you want them to take and it should be generating in growth for you? Yeah, love that. Great, Such a great question. So let's start with the reach, which is getting the views in the first place. So, I mean, there's obvious things in terms of making sure that those video assets are promoted and available in all the relevant channels. I do often see, yeah, people will make the mistake of making a video and then putting it on a landing page somewhere and then forgetting about it. And it's not creating evergreen value. So much of that video content can be getting additional value on places like your YouTube channel. They can come back into being featured in email nurtures. They can be leveraged by your sales team. You could build a new campaign around it. Six months after the first one, the content may still be effective. So think about that and make sure that you are consistently using it in different places to get the value out of it from a reach perspective. Part of that, as you said, is getting people to actually click into it once they've seen the actual thumbnail image or whatever happens to be. On that point, The thumbnail image you create for your video can actually be really important. I think a lot of people underestimate that. But as somebody with kids who live on YouTube, I have really come to appreciate the artistry of great thumbnail images to create interest and curiosity and to almost like draw people in to go, oh, wow, I need to watch this. So it's something to always be mindful of and great... Content creators aren't always great thumbnail designers either. And so we have great designers on our team who come up with really phenomenal thumbnails that I think are fantastic. And they have the text in there that has like, here's what you're going to... Yeah, there's like somebody who may be making a bit of a strange kind of look. Like you're like, what are they thinking about? Or what are they saying? And then there's some bold text that's going to like tease you on like, kind of like, what am I going to expect here? Or maybe there's a three word question that you're like, oh my gosh, I need to answer that. And sometimes there's like, a red arrow pointing from one thing to another, like to draw your attention. There's all these little hacks you can take from great YouTubers that actually applies to any video strategy, including your own corporate branded site. So I love that. That, That's actually really a really fun game is testing thumbnails and leaning into that. So everything from the thumbnail to how you introduce it, of course, and contextualize Mm -hmm. it, all of those things are important. When you do share a specific example, though, when you do send down a video via an email campaign, you obviously can't embed videos in emails, right? It just doesn't work in today's iteration of the internet. And so what you'll typically want to do is have, of course, a link to watch the video, but make sure you've got a big, bold thumbnail image for that video in the email to draw their attention. It can be a great static thumbnail image, or you can also create an animated GIF, a little three-second looping GIF that can represent it, but always make sure you've got a play button on it so when they see it in the body of an email, they know that it's a video and that there's value hidden behind it. It's not just some random image. Yes. So little things like that to always put yourself in the shoes of the recipient and go, what would make, what would increase my chances of clicking through into this? 
I love that. Yeah. So, so those are a few on like that reach side and like making sure you're getting the engagement you're look the, the reach you're looking for. And then there's we could spend a whole hour on how to maximize that engagement, right? So when somebody comes in, how do you make sure it's really going to resonate with them? But my most, I think the biggest point of advice I can give on this is be overly mindful of the length and momentum of your content. Length, I think, speaks for itself, right? If somebody clicks play and then they hover over the little play bar and they see it's nine minutes long, if this isn't a deep dive video that they've asked for, they're probably not going to watch. It's just not in our DNA. But if it's like a two-minute video, then they might be like, all right, let's see what we've got. So length does matter. You got to respect your audience and think about that. And then momentum is, and pacing, right? Like, is this video kind of keeping somebody engaged? Does it start to feel boring? Does it start to feel dry? Does it start to feel like an ad, right? And this is something else that amazing YouTubers do so well is fast cuts, lots of energy, a little bit of music here, a little graphic here to emphasize a point. And all those things go into keeping somebody's attention Motion draws you back. And there's lots of things like that that you can do to keep people engaged, to make it a valuable experience for them and to basically make them come back and want more. Yeah. Yeah. And keeping that, it's keeping that energy up too when you do things like that. Gosh, you had said something and I was like, oh, I'm going to ask about that. The length. So I love that. And I think just if you can, like you said, in whatever it was that got them to click on that, but have some type of warning or announcement or attention of what type of video this is going to be. Because I totally do that. There's times where I'm like, I'm ready for a deep dive. Oh, and it's only going to be nine minutes. And then it's like, oh, I want this information, but oh, nine minutes long, I'll go for the two minutes. So depending on what topic it is, I think that's so smart because if people are prepared for that, if this is what they're going to get, they'll go for it. And I always say in terms of length that it's really about the content too, because you will watch something for 20 minutes if it's engaging and you're going to keep getting more answers and more answers and it's solving something that you need solved. You'll pay attention. But if it's mundane, if it's boring, if it's unfortunately, you'll lose them. (laughs) Or if it's confusing, right? You'll lose them. Yeah, it's tough. There is no secret formula. I always get asked the question, what's the ideal length for a video? the ideal length? We get asked that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) My answer is as long as it needs to be, but as short as it can be, right? Exactly. I think about it. You got to put yourself in the shoes of your audience. I'd say the only, the main scenario where there really is pretty prescriptive recommendations are thinking about, are you creating, is the video content expected to be used in an interruptive environment, like pushing it out on, say, social media. So social media is an interruptive push environment, right? You're interrupting somebody's feed. They're going to click in. They're not expecting it. They're not looking for it. And so in that case, people are almost never going to spend more than a couple minutes watching a video on a social channel because it's interrupting what they're doing. They didn't ask for it. And so the shorter, the better on that kind of distribution. But if it's something that's on your website, on your YouTube channel, something that's going to draw more of almost an inbound audience. People are coming looking for it. It's something that they really want to potentially learn about. Then yeah, like get rid of that like two minute mindset. That can certainly be a five to 10 minute video if the content warrants it and you think that the value is there. And then you do have to pay attention to pacing and energy and things like that and be really conscious of it. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of trends are you seeing right now? And what do you think is 
when it comes to video marketing, like what's here to stay? Because there's always, especially in the marketing world, just in general, there's trends, there's things here, and then people, I'm going all in. And then it's like, that's not the trend anymore. (laughs) So what are you seeing in terms of video? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that has certainly come to light over the last couple of years has been this rise of, of more... You know, I don't know what the right word is for it, but it feels like more just authentic, transparent, kind of personal video compared to more almost like marketing produced. I got to choose my words carefully here as a marketer, of course. But content that feels more real, more trustworthy, more genuine is winning out in many cases over, again, what I consider like really highly produced, really scripted, more actor-based content. Now, that content still has a role right? Especially for like short form, punchy campaigns and ads where you've got a big idea or story, maybe you want to bring in humor or things like that. Yeah, there's absolutely still a place for that style of content. But more and more as these use cases flesh out of social media video, educational video on your website, of demo videos, if you're a product company, right? These are going more and more towards being honest, open, transparent. I know professional producers that are intentionally filming on iPhones. Yes. And yeah, like they're intending, you're like, why don't you have a gimbal to keep it steady? They're like, no, because people like a bit of the shake because it makes them feel like this was an off the cuff, trustworthy yes. kind of a thing. And um, it like blew my mind when I had that first conversation with a professional producer. And I'm like, are you getting rid of all that gear? Can I buy it? Right? Yeah. Right. They're like, no, 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 that still has its place. But like, sometimes we're doing this selfie style and it really works. It's interesting to see that and it opens up the door for us to do a lot more Does, video yeah. content without having to spend a lot more is, exactly. is really a great thing. It's a bit of a get out of jail free card for us because audience expectations are pushing us that way. It would suck if it was the other way, right? If I know, I know. Pushing us more and more to Super Bowl commercials would be like, oh no, yeah, but the exactly. opposite is happening, which is great. It is. It is awesome. I love that there's when you just go back in history of marketing and how it's shifted so much and the times of people getting tricked and fooled. I mean, that's what it was, right? It's like, you can't trick me anymore. I've seen this before. I get the gimmick. I get this. People are so drawn to real. Like just, I'm a real person. Just speak to me in a real way. And that's, you do get more trust that way. I like that. I was hoping you would say that when I asked the question. So I'm glad you confirmed that. (laughs) Well, and paired up with that, it kind of most opens up the doors for some other types of content that a lot of people haven't traditionally done, or at least haven't done in a certain style, which is, I know here we do a lot of video content that features people in our target markets that are considered influencers or thought leaders. And then on the other side of it, we do a lot more content than we used to with customers and users. And it's because we now feel like we can create that content in a more scalable way Frankly, much like we're doing right now, often we can record it over Zoom or we use a tool called Riverside, which is phenomenal, which is similar to Zoom, but it records locally. So you make sure you get the high quality, even if you have internet glitches and you can take that content and turn it into really great pieces and, and assets. And more and more people are willing to do it. And partly because over the last two years, everybody's gotten comfortable with Zoom or whatever it happens to be. So we've all got webcams now. That's yeah. out of the bag. So asking a customer to hop on a 15-minute chat that we're going to record and ask you some questions and we just want your honest answers, we can do that and turn that into a great customer story that we can put out 
without feeling like we have to spend $20,000 to do drone footage and go to their office and all these things, right? So it's giving us permission to do more of that kind of content featuring our own employees, featuring thought leaders in the market, featuring real customers. None of them are actors. None of them are reading from scripts. It's all genuine content. But the magic in that is the post-editing, right? That's where you have these conversations. You keep it unscripted, but now you have to be good at editing to whittle it down into some really punchy content that will really keep people's attention. So that's where I'm seeing more and more of the shift going as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like that a lot. Okay. Can you show me the book again? <laughs> the Visual Sale. The Visual Sale. Because I, I the title is phenomenal. <laughs> I'll read you the subtitle. Yes, how please. To use video, how to use video to explode sales, drive marketing, and grow your business in a virtual world. Yes. I'm getting it today. Where... Tell, but seriously, I am. So where I can't be have my business that I have and not have it. So <laughs> where, is this on Amazon? Where can it's we... on Amazon, all okay. your usual bookstores. So just look for the visual sale. Search for Tyler Lassard. My kids are so proud when they Google me. I come up as an author now in Google, and they're That's like, so awesome. you're an author," and I'm like. Thank you. Thank you very much. Which is kind of ironic being the video guy. I appreciate that I'm writing a, a book. But anyways, it's actually, yeah, I'm glad to hear it. And, and just to set the context, the title is The Visual Sale because it's really all about how to use video to drive more sales. But the majority of the book is really geared towards marketers. And it talks about using video through that whole life cycle with loads of examples, lots of checklists and things like that. My favorite part though is actually a small section at the end on creating a culture of video within your company. Because that becomes really, really important as you think about all these different use cases for how we can use video. And if it doesn't feel like a natural process for people, right? If the CEO or the founder isn't actually in some of that video content, then you're just, you're missing some opportunities. And it's really, I just think there's so much there. And so that's kind of one of those final things that I really encourage people to think about is, are you creating a culture where video is not just accepted, but starts to become a way that you're communicating internally and externally? And that is a big game changer. The great remotification or whatever we're calling it of the last few years has done wonders for that because we're all comfortable now with video conferencing. But can people in your company use a tool to quickly record a video and send it to somebody? Right. Most people would be like, no, like, what are you even talking about? And I'm like, well, you type out an email and send it to somebody. You make a presentation in PowerPoint and you send that around. Why aren't people recording a screen share and sending it around as a way to deliver an internal presentation? Why isn't somebody answering a message in a quick video message instead of typing four page long Slack, right? Exactly. So these are things that are happening now and can really just get everybody feeling comfortable and confident about doing video. And all of a sudden your marketing content becomes way better just because of that fuel you have of it being natural. I couldn't agree more. I'm so excited. I'm going to get the book right away. And possibly I'll be reaching out saying, hey, can I order these in bulk? I love to share books like that with new clients. Hey, here's this. Because I mean, that's it's like they can really learn how to leverage video in their business. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. I have some... I'm going to ask you another question at the very end because I want people to find out where they can get more information about you. But I love to do quick fire questions at the end. Are you ready? All right. No, but go ahead. Okay. (laughs) TikTok or Instagram? TikTok. Who in the world of marketing is inspiring you right now? Great YouTubers. Actually, folks like 
as funny as it is to say, many of you may not know, but people like Mr. Beast. I was going to say, he's going to say Mr. Beast. It's so funny when you said you're funny, you're going to say this. Totally. No, seriously. So inspiring. Yeah. Uh, some great TikTokers, right? Yeah. Which again is, I can't believe I'm saying that at this point in my life. I'm with you. I didn't think so either, but here I am like, but like I am yeah. so coming to appreciate the artistry and what they do. And the biggest thing, I know this is supposed to be rapid fire. I'm sorry, but no, it's okay. My final elaboration point on this is what I appreciate the most about these people is the how well they understand and cater to their audience. They yeah. are audience obsessed. And it is so inspiring to see how they do that and cater to their audience, including even these family YouTubers that my seven-year-old watches all the time. I'm like, how has she just spent the last three hours watching this trash? And you're like, because they know what she wants. Exactly, exactly. Speaking of which, which is, is there a viral reel or TikTok or something that's blowing up in your feed right now? Like a song, you know how TikTok is like, oh, that song's over and over again. (laughs) No, I, I can't think of anything that's prominent right now. My favorite TikTok of all time, which is top of mind because I ended up doing a parody version of it for B2B sales, was the gentleman who did... He played an IKEA employee and he did like basically like sales objection handling, if you will. And so it was playing up the like stupid questions you would get as like a retail sales associate. So as an IKEA employee, you would say the question, right? The like, I want to talk to your manager, right? And then he would react to it. And they just, every reaction made me laugh so hard. (laughs) And so I was like, you know what? Like in B2B sales, there's the exact same thing, right? Like things we get from like, can I have a free trial? Yes. So I ended up doing a parody version of that, which went over really well. I was very proud of it. And it allowed me to actually wear a fake mustache on camera, which was my probably biggest Was this on your, is this on your, do you have a TikTok account? that you're actually putting out TikToks? So actually, my personal account, no. My personal account, I just use for observing. But we run a TikTok channel as part of Vidyard called Sales Feed. We actually have a full media brand called Sales Feed, which is TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And our TikTok channel for Sales Feed includes some of that content. You'll have to scroll way back because it was a few months ago. But anyway, it's been pretty wild to see. We've, again, total side note here, but we've grown that TikTok channel, which is B2B channel for sales professionals. In about eight months, we grew it from zero to 50,000 followers. And that wow. is also like made me go like, holy cow, like they're all hashtag the heck for salespeople. Like we know most of these people are actually in sales. And it's opened my eyes again to like, yep, there's this not just for teenage kids putting out dance videos, folks. There really is going to be a business opportunity for people on that platform too. So. Anyway. That's so cool. I love that. Okay. We'll have links to that too. Perfect. See the comments below. Yes. Where else can we send? We've got the book. We've got the TikTok. We've got Vidyard, of course. Where else can we send people to learn more about you specifically? I'm a LinkedIn guy myself. So um, head on over to LinkedIn. Just search for me, Tyler Lassard, Vidyard. You'll find me. Feel free to follow along, connect with me, send me a message. If you have any questions, I'm always happy to chat. But that's where I post most of my goodness and um, lots of video tips there as well. Love it. Love it. Tyler, thank you so much. This was awesome. So good. My pleasure. Yes. Thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate it. This is really great. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) 
Video Marketing Secrets Podcast is brought to you by The Draw Shop. To learn more about The Draw Shop and how we can help your business grow through the power of video, visit thedrawshop.com slash secret. Be sure to search for Video Marketing Secrets on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at The Draw Shop, thank you for listening. Thank you.